the book of Acts, the book of Acts and the chapter 4. And we're just going to read our text. Let me pray indeed the Lord will help us tonight. The book of Acts in the chapter 4. Very familiar text, one the Lord has led my heart tonight to speak on. In the book of Acts chapter 4, I remember Peter is really preaching here uh, to these Jews, and he says to them, we'll just read verse 11 along with it, speaking of Christ, this is a stone which was set at naught a few builders, which is become the head of the corner. And then he said these tremendous words, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And I want to speak on the salvation of God tonight that's found here in Acts chapter 4 and the verse 12. So let's look to the Lord and let's pray. And you are saved tonight. You pray for a blessing to your heart. Pray that God will bless the word to any who's all converted in the meeting or listening in tonight and that they might be saved. Father in heaven, we thank you for being here. We thank you for your people. Lord, who are here redeemed by the blood of a lamb, and yet there may be some, and they're not saved here. Uh, Lord, sitting amongst us, they know not Christ personally as our Lord and Savior. We pray that even tonight through the preaching, that Lord, thou would save them. Thank you for the message and song. We can glad we, those in the meeting can say, Lord, Jesus is wonderful. He's a wonderful Savior. So we come tonight for your help and your blessing. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Many years ago, the tells us a story tells about a man called W.P. McKay. He left home, and he left home for college. And as he was taking his leave from home, his mother called him to the site, and the mother was going to present him with a little present. And he went over to his mom. She gave him a Bible. She wrote his name on the fly, leaf of the, of the book, and she wrote her name as well and a Bible verse. The young man took the Bible, and off he went. He was a brilliant student, and he became head of the largest hospital in Edinburgh. But, there's always a but in it, he lived a wicked life. He turned away from the God and Savior of his mom and of his dad. He lived in the pleasures of sin. He lived for the world. So much so that he was elected president of the Society of Atheists. So here's a man brought up with the gospel and given the Bible leaving home. And he's working away in hospital in this particular day. A young fellow is brought in. He's seriously ill. And the wee lad looks up at this doctor, Mr. McKay, and he says to him, I want the truth. How long have I got? And the doctor looked at this young man and he says, well, a few hours at the most. And the wee lad says, well, I'm saved and Jesus Christ is my Savior. And I want you to do something for me, doctor. I want you to send to the landlady where I stay and tell her to send the book. And the doctor says, what book is that? He says, she'll know what book that is. So the doctor sends someone go to the home where this young fellow lived to get his book. The doctor went about the ward and was working away, and he came in later on, and he met a nurse 
He says, what about the young lad? She said, he's dead. He said, did, did he get the book? Yes, she says, he got the book. He says, it, it was his bank book. It was his, no, she says, well, it's under his pillow. And this doctor walked over to where the young man was lying dead, and he put his hand onto the pillow, and he lifted out a book that was under the pillow, and it was a Bible. And he opened up the page of the Bible, and whose name was on the flyleaf? It was his name, his mother's name. The verse his mother had written when he left home. You see, he lived a wicked life, and he sold the Bible. And the Word of God came back again to his heart. He was broken. He was broken. And he went into a room, and he fell on his knees, and he cried to God, God, have mercy, have mercy upon me, and save me. And God heard this poor man crying. The Lord heard his prayer, and he was saved, and he became a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, God's salvation, it's something that is real. It is real. It's life-changing even for the worst of sinners. Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you're listening to my voice tonight on the internet, and you're away from God, and you're in your sin tonight. Thank God there's salvation. God's wonderful, free salvation. And here's Peter preaching. He's preaching to religious Jews who were up to the neck in religion, but he's preaching the gospel, and he's preaching to them how to be saved and how to get this salvation. And he says these tremendous words to these men, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And I want to say three simple things here from our text about salvation. There's a need for salvation. And I want everyone tonight to see this. There's a need for salvation. Where do we see this in our text tonight? Well, Peter says, we must be saved. It is not an option. It is something we all need. Remember here, it's a universal need. He's not just preaching to the Jewish people, and certainly every one of them needed to be saved. He's not just talking here about the Gentiles. They needed to be saved. Peter needed to be saved. We must be saved. There's nobody, I want to say this tonight, there's nobody left out in this. It's a universal need. We must be saved. You must be saved. I must be saved to get this salvation. Now, why is this? Well, because sin is universal. We're all sinners. I have not come, or Colin has not come to this pulpit and to say that we're any better than anybody in this meeting or anybody in this particular area. That, that, that is not the case. We're all sinners, including us in the pulpit tonight. We're all, has for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everyone has sinned against God. We're all sinners. Remember there in Ecclesiastes 7, verse 20, the wise preacher said these words, for there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good. Listen, and sinneth not. The Solomon is preaching. He's preaching here. There's not one. Not one, not one just person in five-mile town in this community that doeth good and sinneth not. 
everybody has sinned. You have broken God's law. You have failed to live a righteous life. Now, we have all perhaps maybe broken it in different ways, some by drunkenness, idolatry, blasphemy, stealing, murder, lust, idolatry, whatever the case has been in your life. But here is the thing. We all, we all have sinned against God. Here's a universal need because our sin is universal. The guilt is universal. You know what Paul said in Romans chapter 3 and verse 19? Now, we know what sort of things the law saith. It saith to them who are under the law, and here, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world become guilty before God. Notice what he says here, that every mouth, not just every mouth may be stopped, that all the world become guilty before God. You're guilty. And your mouth is stopped. Don't, don't be boasting. I say, don't be boasting tonight about your good works. Don't be boasting tonight about your religion. Every mouth is stopped tonight in this meeting because all have sinned. And you have sinned. All are, the guilt is universal. The condemnation is universal. The soul that sinneth, the Bible is very clear. It shall die. Romans 6, verse 23 tells us, for the wages of sin is death. It's death, not just spiritual death physical death, but eternal death. Sin will take a person down to hell. That's the teaching of the Bible. God's punishment house, when God would take that sinner at the end of their life, and He'll cast them. He'll cast them into the lake of fire. They will be punished. They will be punished in hell for their sin. Listen, I want to show you tonight from the Bible that you must be saved. Have you sinned? You sinned all I have. Are you guilty tonight? You said, I am. Do you know you're under God's wrath tonight because of sin? You see, there's a universal need here in this text. There's an urgent need as well. I believe we can see this in the meaning of the word uh, must. That, that can mean ought us or should be saved. There's a matter here really of urgency in the meaning of the word, and also in the moment of his wrath. Because notice here, the Bible tells us in John chapter 3 and verse 18, remember, these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, he that believeth on him, he's speaking here about the Son of God, the Lord Jesus, is not condemned, but he that believeth not, notice, is condemned already. And I want you to see that tonight. The sinner doesn't have the way to die to be condemned. He doesn't have to wait to go to God's judgment bar to see if he is condemned. That, that is not the case because of their sin. They're condemned already in this meeting. Because of your sin, you're condemned. Condemnation of God is upon your head. Remember, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, verse 3, children of wrath, even as others, a child of wrath. In John chapter 3, the Lord Jesus even brings us out a truth again about God's wrath upon those who are without him and in sin. It says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. They, these are the words of the Son of God. And he talks here about God's wrath, and it says, It abideth. In other words, it's hovering over the top of him. Sometimes we go out and we look up and we, well, we see a, a dark cloud just over top of us. Boy, there's going to be a bit of rain come here very shortly. 
Spiritually, there's a wrath of God's, a cloud of God's wrath upon the sinner here tonight. It's abiding over them. It's abiding on, it's about to burst. It's about to fall upon those without Christ who keep on rebelling and living in their sin. And Peter, Peter's preaching to these people here, and he's talking here about the need of salvation. And these men, remember, were religious. But he's telling them, we must be saved. And I've come tonight to tell you, you must be saved. There's a great need for this salvation. You've sinned, you're under God's wrath, and you're lost. Now, there are people, I had to say this, they don't like it. They don't like the message. I met a lady one time there doing doors, and I got chatting away to her, and I asked her this question. I says, well, are you saved yourself? She just exploded. She just exploded in a moment. I, I hate people ramming this down my throat. That's what she said to me. Well, I said, well, look, hold on. Could, could you tell me how you'd like me to talk to you about this? Well, she didn't want to speak about it at all, at all. Didn't want it mentioned. She says, I, I hate, I, I hate this word, see it. I meet a neighbor, and she meets me, and it was maybe cold weather, whatever the day may be. And what does she say to me? Are you saved? She hates it. Don't harden your heart. The Bible says you must be saved. It's not, it's not a message from me. It's not a message from Paul, Mr. McIntyre, or anyone else. It's the Bible that says here, you have to be saved. The need of salvation. You have sinned against God, and you're under His wrath, and you need salvation. You need to be rescued from the wrath of God to come. It's coming on the world. Coming on the ungodly. And you're unsaved and ungodly tonight in this meeting. You remember, you must be saved. That's the Bible says. So you may have a minister, and some people have so-called ministers today, who tell them, don't, don't worry about being saved. No, no, don't worry a thing about it. The Bible says, you must be saved. There's a need for salvation. And you need that tonight. I need it. Everyone needs it. There's the name for salvation. That is our salvation, Andy Oliver. There's none other name under heaven given him one man whereby we must be saved. I'm glad tonight. I want to tell you there's a name. A name. It's high above all. It's the name of Jesus Christ. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And there is a name. There is a name and a person. There's one who can save me. There's one who can cleanse me from my sin. There's one who can take me to heaven. Who is that? There's one name. It's the name of Jesus Christ. That's the name. And you can see that in the Bible, the placing of this name. In Mark, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, remember the angel said to Joseph, they're going to have a little child. Mary's having a child. But he says this, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Wasn't Joseph picked the name? Wasn't Mary who picked the name? It was God. He says that little child that's going to be born to the Virgin Mary, you call him Jesus. That's his name. Oh, think about the purity of his name. There are many people have a bad name. 
You can think in Luke's Gospel, chapter 7, about the Lord Jesus Christ in the house of the Pharisee, and the Lord Jesus was there. There was this woman came in down to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ, and this old Pharisee, this old religious hypocrite, he couldn't believe what he was seeing with his eyes. This woman was down at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what it says in verse 39. He spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she's a sinner. Do you know the Pharisee knew her? She had a bad name in the neighborhood. He knew her. And he said, The Lord Jesus, if he only knew, this, he only knew this one who touches them. She's a sinner. She had a bad name. Judas Iscariot, you can go through the Bible. Matthew 10, verse 4, who also betrayed him. He, he had a bad name. I, I don't know anybody, and you don't know anybody tonight who calls their little son Judas. Judas Iscariot. He had a bad name. But the name of Jesus is that was a pure name. You can see there in Acts 4, verse 30, by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. It's a good name. Read the Bible about Jesus Christ. This Bible says in Acts 10, verse 38, that he went about doing good. First Peter 2, verse 22, talking about the life of Jesus Christ. Remember, Peter walked with Christ, and he listened to Christ, and he says, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. You can listen to every word. You can watch his every action. But he never sinned. The Lord Jesus never sinned. You see, he's a good name. This is the name that saves us. It's pure and holy. The Lord Jesus is righteous. Think of the purpose of his name. Remember it says in Matthew 1, verse 21, we made a bit of reference to that, I shall bring, and, he, and she shall bring forth a son, and I shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. There, there it is. There, there's the meaning of his name. His name, it means Savior. He's going to save. He's going to save. He's the Savior of the world. This is the one who can save us. And God says, as I said, call him Jesus. He's the Savior. He's going to save. He's come into the world to save sinners, to bring them this wonderful and great salvation. You can see his appointment in that. Remember 1 John 4, verse 14 says, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son, notice, to be the Savior of the world. He sent them. The Son of God was sent down from heaven into this world by the Father, and He willingly left the glory, the splendor of heaven, and He came down into this world in the incarnation. And the Bible says He came to be the Savior of the world. Oh, the appointment here of Christ. Oh, the agony of the Lord Jesus. The spotless Son of God. The Bible is clear. He died. He died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. You follow that in the Bible. Peter said in verse 10, even to this people, whom ye crucified. You took Him. With the Romans, you give him over to the Romans. He was taken to the cross. He was crucified. And he suffered and bled and died on the cross. You did this. That's why when you read the Gospels, 
You can read, like of Mark 15, verse 1, how they, they bound Jesus. They sort of tied him up. Matthew 26, verse 26 said, they scourged Jesus. It says there also in John 19, verse 23, they crucified Jesus. Do you see what's happening to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God? He's, die, he's dying upon the cross. He was crucified. He suffered and bled. He shed His blood in our place. Thou shalt call His name Jesus. He's a Savior. He's a Savior of the world. This is the name that brings us to heaven. I want you to see this tonight. This is the name of the person who can take away your sin. It's a powerful name. It's through his name you know you get forgiveness of sins. Remember it says that in Acts 10, verse 43, To him give all the prophets witness, that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Notice this, that through his name receive remission of sins. How does one become a son of God and born into God's family? In John 1, verse 12, it tells us, As many as receive him, to them give he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe, listen, on his name. So we get forgiveness of sins by his name. We're brought into God's family by his name. How do we get everlasting life? Listen. John 20, verse 31, But these things are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. And I want you to see that tonight. There's a name for salvation. It's the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's through Him we get salvation. It's through Him we get our sins forgiven. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ we're brought into God's family. And Peter's standing and he's preaching and he's talking here about the name for salvation. It's the name of Jesus. It's the name of Jesus Christ. And he's the way, the truth, and the life. That's the teaching of the Bible. And that's what we have come to preach to the people of this community. The Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe he's in the world. I never, I never really think. I've thought of him in this way before. But I want you tonight to, to think about your sin and to think about your soul and to think about the Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son, who came down from heaven to be our Savior. And I asked you, I asked you tonight, is he your Savior? Have you received him? Have you repented from your sin? Have you trusted him? Have you believed in him with all your heart? This is how you get salvation. This is how you get it free gift, the gift of God's eternal life. And Peter's bold. You know, we can sort of stand here tonight and say, well, we're bold. We can preach the gospel. But remember, Peter was preaching to people who hated the gospel. Hated it. And these people, they hated the very name of Jesus Christ. He's bold. God fill us with boldness to preach that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Savior. So he talks here about the name. I want you to think of that name tonight. I want you to think of the name of Christ. There's no name as good as Christ. He's the Savior of the world. So Peter speaks about the name here of salvation. But he speaks also of the nether 
in, of, of salvation. Because he says here, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved, the neither of salvation. And I want you to see this tonight. There's salvation in no one else and nothing else. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name. Now, some people may try other names. And, and there are people tonight, and they're trusting other names. It may be the name of so-called saints. There are people tonight, and they're trusting saints. For instance, the name of Mary. Now, we love the Virgin Mary. We know she was news of God, and to bring the Lord Jesus Christ into the world. But dear Roman Catholics tonight are putting their trust in the name of Mary. In the name of Mary. One particular writer said, all the saints all have a great devotion to Our Lady. No grace comes from heaven without passing through her hands. We cannot go into a house without speaking to the doorkeeper. Well, the Holy Virgin is the doorkeeper of heaven. And this particular Catholic writer was saying here, it's a name, listen, it's a name of Mary. And you'll never get salvation, and you'll never get into heaven if you, go, if you don't go through the name of Mary. She's a doorkeeper. But that's not the teaching of the Bible. That's not the preaching of Peter. Peter says here, there's only one name, the name of Jesus Christ. And I have quoted this verse to Roman Catholics in my outreach in some places. And they talk to me about Peter and all this, about Peter being the first pope. And I says, well, okay, say, say he was. We don't believe him. Say he was. But you know what Peter said? I said, Peter says here, we must be saved. And Peter said another thing, is Jesus Christ has saved us. And the name of Mary, and there are people trust the name of Mary and says, well, I, I'll get through the name of Mary. It may be the name of Peter or it may be the name of Paul. Some people talk today in other false cults like the name of Muhammad. And if you want to join or go into the religion of Muhammad, and I came across their little thing they said today, their confession, you had to say these words, I bear witness that there is no deity but God who Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Now, you've got the news. Listen, listen tonight. Muhammad. Is there anybody in this meeting tonight believes salvation is in Muhammad? You're being foolish. There's one name. Peter said it. He walked with Christ. He listened to Christ. He said, there's one name. It's not the name of one who's supposedly going to come hundreds of years after this. No, no. There's one name. It's not Muhammad. It's not Joseph Smith or anyone else. It's not the name of any other saint. It's the name of Jesus Christ. It's not services. Baptism, the name of baptism. Some people say, well, I talk about going to heaven and say, oh, yes, yes, I've been baptized. It's not the name of baptism. It's not the name of confirmation that saves you. It's not the name of communion. These things might be all right in their own place. But these things will not save you. It's not the name of your church. I see some churches throughout our province, the Good Shepherds and John's, the Methodist Church, the Pentecostal Church, the Church of Ireland, the Presbyterian Church. Listen, the Free Presbyterian Church. 
It's not the name of any church that saves you. It's not the, the name of this church. Some people would maybe point it out there, but how we think it's only the free peace going to heaven. Don't believe that at all. And if you if you have never you have never heard any one of our ministers preach such things, would never be. Don't believe that at all. That's a lie. We don't believe it. It's not the name of any church. It's not the name of self. It's not your name. And that's the thing that's happened today. You know what people says. How can I get to heaven? I ask, how can you get to heaven and everlasting life? And they say, well, it's, it's what I do. It's my, I love people and I try to help. It's not your name. There are people trying to get to heaven by their name, trying to save themselves. But there's no salvation in your name. Call the night tonight. We're not trying to save our, ourselves. We're trusting the only name. The name is Jesus Christ. It's not the name of love. It's not the name of the law. It's the name of Jesus Christ. And there's no other name. The another of salvation. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You're trying some other way. Your trust is in your church. Your trust is in your works tonight. Your trust is in yourself. This is salvation. It's not. It is not in you. It's not in any church. It's not in a works. Salvation, eternal life, is in His Son, Jesus Christ. And you must repent from your sin and come to Him. Say, Lord, I come with all my sin, with all my guilt, with all my shame. I believe you died for me, and I want you, Lord, to save me. Lord Jesus, save me. And if you trust Him, with all your heart, He'll save you. And you'll get salvation before you leave this meeting. Would you come and trust Him tonight? Would you repent from your sin? Maybe there's someone listening saying, Oh, well, I know this. I know there's no other Savior and there's no other way. Come and trust Him tonight. There's no other hope. And He's passing by. We preached that in the first day of the day of the mission. Jesus is passing this way. He's passing by. Uh, is He calling you? Do you feel tonight your sin, your guilt? Do you hear His voice calling you to come to Him? Come unto me, all you that labor. Heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Are you burdened down tonight? Come to Jesus. Come the way you are. Speak with me, speak with Colin. Mr. McIntyre, just even call where you are tonight and say, Lord Jesus, save me. Forgive me my sin. Be my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord. Wash me. Wash away my sin in your blood. He'll save you. There's no other Savior but Him. And only those who trust Him will have salvation. Only those who trust Him would be in heaven. We want you to be there, and we trust you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus even tonight. We're going to sing one verse just of him, 236. 236. And one verse only, and then we'll close in prayer.